0: Hey guys, it's great to see you out tonight. If this is your first time here, you're more than welcome. If you just want to stand up, we're going to start with some um, praise and worship tonight and just set the tone for the night.
1: just a really good way to start off our our service tonight. It just sets the tone, just being able to to worship and praise God and to fix our eyes on Him. So what we're going to do now is just, uh, we we think it's really, really important as we gather together as a family that um, if you go home, like, from your day out and, and your family sitting at home you're, you're probably going to say hello like how was your day and that sort of stuff and we, we want to do that as a family as a household of God as we gather here we want to just say hello and welcome each other so uh, if you're a guest here or, or if you are new, you just raise your hand just you're very very welcome Um, you're especially welcome if this is your first time or one of your first couple of times here so if you just want to go and, and say hello to someone have a quick chat that'll be brilliant I'm <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Good stuff. If you just want just to take your seats for me quickly for a couple of minutes as uh, I quickly go through the announcements. So just as I go through the announcements, we're going to collect our, our tithes and offerings. So if you're, if you're new or um, the church or you haven't really been before, then these are our ping pong balls. So in this cylinder, we have uh, the ping pong balls, we all uh, took one and we said we, we were going to pray for someone each day and that this person, we want to see them uh, become a Christian. We want to see them walk into salvation. And as we continue to pray for them, we then, as they come to know Jesus, we transfer them over to this side. So it's been brilliant to celebrate those stories and we're believing for more. The connection point is down the back. I think David and Ruth Are on tonight. So if you've any questions about what goes on here in Emmanuel um, on a daily and weekly basis, or if you want to find out about what we do, um, then you can go down to the connection point after the service. The weekly email you can sign up to that via the website, or you can give your email down to the guys uh, at the connection point at the back. You'll get Phil's email, and uh, you'll get his weekly ramble. um, So what he feels that God is saying to him. Uh, and revealing to us as a church so it's really good to get that email and you'll also get some of the upcoming events and key dates in that email as well just our prayer room as well it's good to uh, remind ourselves this week just to be turning up for those prayer slots I know there's lots of sunny weather and you maybe want to do other things but if you signed up and you've committed to that prayer slot then I'd encourage you to to keep faithfully coming and and showing up to your prayer slot then just quickly our key dates for June Um, this week life group is back so life group leaders if you want to be sending your text out this week um, and reminding the people in your life group that's back on um, and if you're in a life group then remember it's on this week. Um, our big church day out is coming up on the 23rd of June uh, we're really really excited about this we'll just go up to the north coast and we'll be having fun and having the barbecue and all of that I think the cost is 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 three pounds um, and if that is uh, a barrier for you we, we don't want that to be so if that is something that is an issue for you then we can sort that out but it's it's three pounds and that's going to cover your food uh, your barbecue and all the lots of fun stuff that we're going to be doing um, if you are struggling to, to get travel up there as well we'll be having some mini buses go up as well so uh, be brilliant get that date in your diary as well coming up uh, you can get your tickets for that side as well at the back at the connection point too you can get your tickets for the church day out Coming up, we have our Cambodia quiz night as well. So there's a, a bunch of guys heading out to Cambodia in the summer and they're having a quiz night on the 20th of June. So in your team, you have no more than eight but and it's five pound per person and there's going to be an auction that night as well. So the 20th of June, if you're free, uh, get that into your diary and make sure you get all the smart people together in your team so you can do well. Uh, I'll not be picking you, Grant. Say that every year as a quiz. <laughs> um, just to remind you as well, our Tabar conference um, is coming up. This is our manual church conference. It's coming up this weekend. Um, the tickets, unfortunately, for that are now sold out. And the online, it's the, you can't buy any more tickets. So it's brilliant that uh, it's sold out. And if you could just be praying for that this week um, and really seeking God, because we really believe that amazing things are going to be happening um, at this uh, conference. So I'm just going to lead us in uh, our prayer Blessing, if you want to, if you all want to just jump to your feet uh, and I'll lead you in this prayer of blessing before we get into a bit more worship. So, this is what we want to be praying each day um over our city, and as we look forward to our Tabar Conference, as we think of the tithes and offerings that have been collected, of what we want to actually do to bless this city. This is the prayer that we want to be speaking out over our city. So let's just pray. So After three, one, two, three. Craigavon, Lurgan, Portadown, Ireland, we bless you in the name of the Lord. May you be blessed in the town and in the country. May you be increasingly aware of the smile and goodness of God resting upon you. May you be blessed with revelation of the spirit of adoption to become true sons and daughters of God. We bless you with the honor you were destined to know and to overflow with. May you be blessed with righteousness raining down from heaven and salvation springing up from the ground. As we give unto the Lord, we sow with generosity and in faith, believing for the shalom of the kingdom of God to reign in this city and nation. In Jesus' name, amen. So just before we, we start into some more worship, um, the, the prayer ministry guys uh, were praying before the service, and they just felt um, that tonight there was somebody who, or there was a group of people, maybe a different, just that really, that the, the, so there was emotional hurt, um, and that this was stopping them from pushing on into all that God had for them, whether it was um, a feeling of rejection or just a feeling of maybe uh, unforgiveness or some emotional pain that was just churning up inside them, and um, that they just they felt that they that this, these people needed just to to leave that down at the foot of the cross tonight and leave it at Jesus' feet to enable them to press forward in the what God has for them. So if that is you, the prayer ministry guys are down in the back, and uh, throughout worship um, in the next few minutes, they would love to be able to pray with you. Um, and as well, just this week we were. Um, In the junior high during REACH week, uh, as I've been praying for this service, uh, Tim Johnson said something in his talk um, that really, really hit home with me. And I thought that that this is maybe what God wanted to share tonight to some people after even Ali's talk last week about God's love for people. And he was just saying that there's this verse in Psalm chapter 3 verse 5 that said that that God watches over you as you sleep. And um, initially that can seem a wee bit creepy, that God's watching you as you sleep. But he was saying that whenever his little niece was born, um, his little niece was sitting in this cot and he was looking at her sleeping and he was just smiling upon her just saying this, what a beautiful creation. And I love you. And this baby hadn't done anything. And he loved her so, so much. And I felt that God was doing the same on people tonight to remind you that there's nothing that you can do, but God's just sitting there and He's watching over you and He's smiling upon you and He's He's loving you um, as as that was as felt, as Tim had felt for his niece, um, and I just felt that God wanted to remind some people of that as well tonight that He's watching over you, smiling upon you, and that He loves you so so much. So the guy, I'm just gonna pray, and then the guys are gonna lead us in some more worship. So yeah, Father God, I just thank you that you're here tonight, God. I thank you that you're moving already god i pray that you would be speaking to us in in worship and as dave brings us the word i pray for significant significant encounters tonight as mo was sharing with us this morning that god that you want to meet with us you want to encounter us and i pray that we would open our hearts to to encounter you tonight jesus I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be ministering to us, God. I thank you for Dave and for the preparation he's put into tonight, God. Would you be speaking through him, God, and that we, I just pray that this would be a night where um, we would, our hearts would be changed and transformed and we would press in the more that you have for us. So, Holy Spirit, we just come and minister, minister to us now, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: spoke your name. sorrow
3: Father, we thank you that that's who you are. God, we sing these songs tonight because they're a reality of truth to us. You're a faithful God in every season of life. And God, I thank you that you constantly show up, you constantly reveal yourself. You're a God that constantly wants to demonstrate and lavish that love upon us. And I thank you that tonight is no difference. I thank you that tonight you just want to just lavish that love and allow people to experience it. God, even what people might be sensing as bad at the moment, God, I thank you that you're a father who wants to turn it to good. Yeah, I just feel that just um, just even prophetically tonight. There are many situations in the room There are many bad things that some of you are going through. Don't don't resist it. Don't try to run away from it. The Father's turning it around for good. Stuff that he's depositing in your life in this moment that you need to get, you need to grasp. Feel it even even in... uh, and sickness in people's lives. I feel particularly tonight, just in the area of healing. I feel that there's uh, maybe someone in the room in an area just with an issue with their kidneys tonight. I feel that there's healing for it. I'm that's you. I just love you to get prayer tonight, just with our prayer ministry team. If there's anything you're feeling, I feel it for someone as well with an issue in the ear as well. So, Father, we thank you that you're good. Father, even what, the, even what the enemy means for evil, thank you that you're constantly, God, constantly meaning good for our lives. And so, God, we just say yes to all your will, to your plan, to your abundance of life that you have for us. And God, even into some of these areas, God, into some of the situations that people are moving through at the moment, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that you're the God that never leaves, that never forsakes, the one who sticks closer than a brother. So God, even as we journey through, God, I pray, Lord, for those who are going through difficult moments, God, in lives, not to diminish it, but God, I pray, Lord, that as they go through, I to thank you that you're present. Thank you that you're not absent. Holy Spirit, will you do real work in people's lives? God, I thank you that your kingdom wants to add. I thank you that your kingdom is good things for all of us. Thank you that it's abundance of life that you mean for each and every one of us. And so God, even Lord, in the midst of pain, in the midst of hardship, in the midst of suffering, God, even in the midst of sickness, we just say, Jesus, would you give us all that you want? All that you have for us, Father? Because you know that you're a Father who means for good for us. So God, even into these areas of God of, of sickness, God, I pray, Lord, if there's anyone here tonight, God, that is suffering with that God, with issues with their kidney, God, or in the ear, God, anything tonight that just needs healing, God, we just pray release healing, God, in this room tonight in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I thank you, Jesus, for the authority that you've given us in your name, nothing to do with us, but all to do with you, King Jesus. With the power and authority that you've given us, we just pray healing tonight. God, would you move? Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here. Just be present and release your healing power, your healing virtue. Be released right now. God, we just thank you for this time of worship. We just want to worship you, continue to worship you with the word right now. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you will just speak and flow afresh tonight. Move. Words of life come forward right now, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you know what's going on though? We'll just, we'll just roll with it. There's something playing up with this microphone. So anyway, there'll be a few few loud noises or things going on. Thank you so, so much for coming along tonight. Um, you're all very welcome, as Robbie's already said. Um, if this is one of your first times, again, you're you're very welcome to be part with us and all that we are doing. We have been on this theme, the charges to Timothy, I suppose, for the last month and a half, two months. Uh, we've we've gone through quite a few of the talks that we've been looking at in this, and this is the last one tonight. Um, we this is me finishing it off, um, just to look at this. So tonight, I wanted to do just for the first few minutes was just to spend a bit of time just looking back over the series, looking about where we've been at, and just before we jump into the last part of this. Is that all right? Um, I've, I've I've loved this, particularly around the whole area. You know, one of the things we're passionate about and really trying to press in as a church together is in this area of discipleship. And for me, this is one of these letters that just speaks so much of this. Could I maybe go to the handheld, is that all right? It sounds like someone's knocking at the door. Hold on. Yeah, that might be prophetic right enough, huh? Stand at the door knocking tonight. Free night of salvation. Yes, come on. Let's do it. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so we, we've been on this. And we're looking at this area of discipleship. And I suppose the whole reason why we're pressing into this is because we wanted to particularly to look at the relationship that there was between Paul and Timothy uh, and all that was going on with this. Paul was desperate to pass on to Timothy so much of what he knew and his learning and his experience. And uh, so, in that very first night, that's what I wanted to bring you back to tonight was just to look about this relationship that existed between them and uh, just to take a couple of minutes in this, as you know, Timothy oh, there we go, Timothy was a teenager who lived in this place called Lystra. we We chatted at that stage about how he was raised uh, brought up in the ways of God. His mom and his grandmother were women of faith. They believed in Yahweh. They believed in God. They taught Timothy the scriptures as a young man. What a blessing it was for him to have experienced this. But what happened in one of Paul's first missionary journeys Um, The mother and the grandmother were introduced to Jesus. And Timothy, um, many theologians believe, was saved during this stage as well. And so Paul got to know this young man, Timothy. He led him to the Lord, introduced him to Jesus. As Paul came around, this is what they did, what they did in the early church. They proclaimed Messiah. They proclaimed Jesus as the Christ. And Paul would have been doing this in his first missionary journey. So to these women who were so learned in the Scriptures, Timothy, this young man who was so learned in Scripture, suddenly now he is revealed to the one who is the very Word. Jesus said that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And here he was, the word in flesh, Jesus. They were now revealing, proclaiming Jesus to these people. And so Timothy comes to faith. And and what happens is that this relationship starts to form. And Paul, the next time he comes around in this relationship, or as he journeys, in the second missionary journey, he meets Timothy again. And at this stage, he invites Timothy to come and travel with him. He invites them to come into this discipleship relationship. I've just written down this line that I feel is just really important for all of us. When we're talking about this idea of discipleship, this is one of the things that is significant. Invitation is crucial. Invitation is crucial. Sometimes people will catch things from us as we're doing things, but if you want people to be able to learn some of the things that God has done in your life, the most significant thing you can do is to invite someone to be part of your life to open your life up to them, to allow them to learn what God has been doing and what God has been placing in you. It's the most significant thing you can do, not to stay isolated, not to keep people at arm's length, but to open yourself up, to keep yourself transparent and accountable to other people and to be engaged in an accountable relationship with other people, not to say that you've got it all right, but to actually invite people and to say, listen, would you be willing to come and be part of this accountable relationship with me? I need it just as much as you, but a feel even for where I'm at and where I'm seeking to go after the Lord. Do you want to be part of this together? It was brilliant. Even this afternoon, I was so delighted. I got a message from someone, just um, another message to say, David it all right, there's me and three other ladies in the name of the names. We're going to be part of an accountable relationship with each other. And everything inside of me was like, yes, of course it's all right. This is what it's all about. This is what we're trying to say within the church. We just want all of us to be engaged in this way, because this is how this is how this maturity starts to grow in us. Holland City was over um, in England. Um, it might have been at wildfires or another. It was another conference he was at, and he said this line that really caught me: "We want to be a people that just encounters the presence of God, don't we?" We want to be a people that just experiences the very presence of God with us. But this guy had said this line, which I thought was really significant. He said this, encounter doesn't equal maturity. Encounter doesn't equal maturity. Encounter is in a moment. And there's something of the Holy Spirit that engages us in the moment, but it doesn't equal maturity. Maturity comes as we constantly say yes, as we daily say yes, and we hold ourselves accountable. And we journey these things out that we're going to be looking at tonight as we go into these charges. And listen, I hadn't actually planned to say any of this. I'm already starting to go off on a tangent. This, for me, I feel if there's one thing I would say in this series that we learn from this relationship between Paul and Timothy is this. Discipleship is crucial. If you, want to, if you want to go further and further and the more that God has for you in your life, do not keep yourself isolated. Ask people to get around you. And if, if you're willing, invite people to come into your life. Open your life up to other people. That's how we as a whole community go further and deeper into the things of God. And so Paul got to know Timothy. He trusted Timothy. They spent three years in Ephesus. And what we actually uh, we read of is that Paul, um, Paul was so caught with Timothy that he actually entrusted Timothy to look after this church. This church in Ephesus became almost like the mothership. This was the jewel and the crown. This was the church that was planting more churches than any others. The number of churches that came out of this church in Ephesus. And Paul left Timothy here because he trusted all that God had placed in him. And what we see is this reality. Paul was a spiritual father to Timothy. And he saw Timothy as a son in the faith. So what he did was he wrote these letters, just to introduce us, he, he wrote these letters. One Timothy was a letter that he was writing to Timothy as a young leader in this church in Ephesus that was so important, and he was writing this letter to Timothy to be able to say to him, Timothy, listen, there's an apostolic call that's upon your life, here's what it means to lead the church. He was teaching him how, what it was about church governance and leadership and all these sorts of things, but he said this thing that was really crucial, he said, Timothy, he said, don't, don't let anyone look down on you for your age. Set all the believers an example. And speech, conduct, and purity, and love, and live your life for God. He was telling him to keep going on. And so what we get to is in the second letter that he writes at Timothy, this one and two. Timothy, that's what this series has been based on. Paul is in the final stages of his life. We're going to read that tonight in the verse that I'm going to be reading. He's in the final, he knows that his life is coming to an end. And what he's so desperate, he's so desperate that he can pass on these almost these last words of, of wisdom, these last words of knowledge. You, you know what it's like, don't you, when... Um, you're 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 speaking to someone the final words they say sometimes are the most lasting aren't they you ever you ever been in a conversation with someone where it seems to be going really well and like the last couple of minutes they say something like just really negative and you leave feeling really negative don't you because the last lasting words are just really lasting Right, They, they leave, they leave a, a, an opinion that we carry with us off the back of it. So Paul's desperate. He wants, he wants to just impart some very final words to Timothy. And so what we've been doing in this series, we've been looking at some of those final words. And what we see is that Paul is giving these charges to Timothy. This word charge we said, or we looked at, meant this. To make someone officially responsible for doing something. He, uh, he was trying to urge Timothy to recognize what he was carrying. And, uh, but desperately wanting him to take ownership of it. And this is what we started in that first night to realize that this is what it was about. He wanted; to, he was saying, to so Timothy, take responsibility. Take responsibility in all these things. And so the charges that we've looked at over this series, the first charge was this. He said, Timothy, take responsibility. Stir up the gift. There's a gift that's in you. Stir it up. That first night we looked about it was inviting the Holy Spirit to breathe life upon it. Second, um, one that we looked at that Katie did was about hold fast, all these teachings that have been passed on to you, hold fast to them. Tash then looked in 2 Timothy 2 about this idea of be strong in the grace. She did an amazing job that night of just looking about this whole area of discipleship again. And Paul was encouraging Timothy into these things. We, we then went out of order a wee bit, but I've put them back into order for this. So the next one should have been Grant. And Grant spoke in this, be diligent, rightly dividing the word of truth in 2 Timothy 2.15. He's telling them to divide and be diligent in the word of truth. Phil then was coming into 2 Timothy 3. Just this idea of continue, Timothy, keep going on. Robby's 1 then and 2 Timothy chapter 4 was this, preach the word. Keep preaching the word, Timothy. And all these things he was saying to him was, listen, take responsibility for all of it. And then the seventh charge, the seventh thing he says is what we're coming on to tonight. So if you have your Bibles, we're 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 5 to 8 tonight. And just a few verses, I'm not going to read all the rest of the chapter. The rest of the chapter after it is just where Paul is sending personal greetings to lots of different people that are really important, but just for time's sake, we're not going to go into it tonight. So 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 5 says this, As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Paul will see his humanity in these moments. He's realizing it's his final moments. Listen, wouldn't we all... All of us, if, if you love Jesus, right, and you're really serious about your walk with Jesus, wouldn't all of us love that at the end of our lives that we'd just be able to say these words? He said, "I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. I've fought the good fight." Me, Mason, wouldn't it being able to be at the end, being able to just say those words? "I've I've given it all." He said, "I've poured out my life." Like a drink offering, I've I've given every bit of myself. There's not one bit left of me to give. And it's in this moment, he's saying this to Timothy, again in this idea of invitation, it's almost in the example. saying, now, Timothy, you do this as well. Timothy, don't stop at this moment. He's already pointed out there's some really good things about Timothy, but it's like, Timothy, keep going to the very end. Wouldn't you want to be doing this as well? Keep going to the very end, inviting him into this. But in this final charge in verse 5, this is where we're going to look at tonight going to mainly just focus on the first part of this, and then just very briefly pull some things out of the end of this. But Paul says these words, be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. So th- th- these are the things just to-, to look at tonight. Be sober-minded. Always be sober-minded is the first thing that Paul says. Obviously, Obviously, that word it has different ideas for us. We can pull out different thoughts from it. You know the idea and the connotation about being sober in your mind. It's why we're told not to be drunk with wine. Because what happens is that in drunkenness, we're no longer in control of our mind. Right? We, we suddenly are not thinking clearly. We're suddenly not thinking logically. Some of the things that we wouldn't usually do, we're more likely to do in that moment. That's, that, is why, that is why God is against drunkenness, because he wants you to be in control of your mind. He's not trying to ruin your fun. He just wants you to be in control of your mind and control of your body, right? That's what it's about. So we all understand that idea of be sober-minded. Another translation of this, however, is this, and that it says in many other translations. It simply says this, be watchful in all things, right? Be watchful in all things, regardless of of what way we take it. Paul's main thought to Timothy is this. Timothy, stay focused. Timothy, stay focused. Don't take your eyes off what you've been called to do for one moment. Stay focused. Think about everything. In all areas of life, stay focused. There isn't a holy area and and a normal life area. Every bit of this is Timothy, stay focused on, and every bit of this is given over unto the Lord and lived out to him. Obviously, there was a specific call to Timothy as a church leader, wasn't there? Because he was leading this church in Ephesus, and obviously what Paul is saying, things like this, is Timothy, be watchful, watch out for the people in the church, watch out for this and that and the other, but it was more than that. It was a personal, individual charge to him as a disciple of Jesus. Right. This wasn't just to Timothy, the church leader. This was a charge to Timothy, the disciple of Jesus Christ. And that's where it means that it's applicable to each and every one of us in the room who calls ourselves a Christian. Right. This charge, this word that is spoken, the word that... Phil was speaking on that night, you know, in in 1 Timothy, it says, all scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And it's almost like that very word, the word of God that is alive, this is what it's saying to each and every one of us tonight. That's why I want to labor in this point. If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian in this room tonight, the thing that you need to do is be watchful in all things. All things. Right? It's like, Don't even, don't even take your eyes off. There's lots of different things that are going on in your life. Don't be playing things down as less important than things as more important in all things. Be watchful. And so what I wanted to do was just to look at, be watchful in what, what are the things, some of the things that we could draw out of this that we need to be watchful of? And I've, Listen, there could be loads and loads and loads of stuff we could say, but I have just a few points just to pull down. So this is going to be the, the longest part. We'll take about 10 minutes in this, and then just we'll finish off just by looking at the other parts very briefly. All right. Be watchful. First thing, really obviously, is this. Watch out for the attacks of the enemy. Watch out for the attacks of the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul's really clear in this. This is for whether you are someone who's new in the faith, whether you're someone who's been saved for years and years, whether you're not, listen, this is for people who aren't even a believer here tonight. This is what you need to know, right? We are in a spiritual battle. There is a battle for your mind. There's a battle for your soul. If you're not a Christian here tonight, you need to know that there is an enemy. There's a real enemy called the devil who does not want you to be introduced to the person of Jesus. Because he knows that when you're introduced and you get to know Jesus Christ, he will change your life and lead you into all that he has for you. right? But we need to realize that we're in a battle. Paul says this in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers. You all know that, don't you? We've read it many, many times before. The Bible's really clear what the purpose of the enemy is. Again, we've quoted this first time and time. You all know it. John 10.10. 10. What does it say? The thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's what he wants to do. So you need to know tonight, right, that the devil never, ever, ever, ever has one good intention for your life. There's not ever a moment where the devil thinks, oh, we'll just give them a wee break. Oh, they've, they've had it tough. He has no good intention for your life. But the end of that verse says, this is what Jesus comes to say, but his intention, his will for you is that you might experience life in the fullest way possible, right? So we are in this battle constantly, day and daily, and we know that, right? So I'm not going to go into the whole spiritual warfare uh, topic tonight. And Peter even says this. He says this in 1 Peter, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Devour, right? Not, not even to leave any bit of it there. He doesn't want to leave any bit of life within you, right? This is what he wants to do, Dan daily. So he's prowling around. And what we need to realize, though, right, is that when we talk about the work of the enemy, we need to realize is that it can present itself in many different ways. There's some obvious, apparent attacks of the enemy. His desire is to draw us away from the Father, to to to, to cause us to sin, and to cause us to live in guilt and shame. This is what constantly happens. Have you, ever, have you ever noticed that? Sorry, the way I've written this talk very definitely the way I've normally written most talks. I've got a few bullet points down and then I'm just gonna go off on one. Is that all right? So, you're all thinking, oh no. <laughs> right. So have you ever noticed that the times in your life where maybe maybe you have there's there has sin that has presented itself. And rather than, rather than being the first thing, like David, King David in the Bible, where he was just quick to, God, I've done this, I'm bringing it to you, keeping those short accounts with the Father. It seems to be that what happens with us is that the devil then works in this thing called guilt and shame, which is not of God at all, right? And what happens is that in that moment, it, it causes us to withdraw from God. Have you ever noticed that? It means that we're, we're less likely to pray, and the devil's got us in the sweet spot that he wants us. And so what he wants to do is he wants to keep hitting home with that. He doesn't want us to understand that there's this thing that's called grace and it's free and it's available every moment of the day that God has for you. And all you have to do is accept it freely again in your life. But the enemy's desire is that he just wants to keep going after us in such a way that it draws us away from relationship with the father because in this relationship, we get to live fully and he doesn't want it. So how the enemy does it Right is firstly through through this. Really, obviously, temptation is one of the big ones. Jesus says this in Matthew 26: Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right? Watch and pray. Here's this word watch again. Watch out in all things. And it's not just watch, it's pray. It's like Even as you're watching, if there's things that you're experiencing that you're struggling with, pray about it. What that means for me is is that I'm not going to wait until later on that night and I'll get down beside my bed. It's in that moment I'm praying, Holy Spirit, would you help me with this? I'm realizing that my flesh is really weak in this moment. I need your help. And listen, those can be bigger things that you might think in your mind, smaller things. So I was saying this to some guys during the week. If I'm being uh, uh, honest, transparent, I find that probably one of the big prayers that I have at the minute is just probably around the area of where you can start to feel frustration that starts to rise and almost starts to present itself like almost like anger that you can start to vent. And I've found the times that I'm praying the most, this is me being very open and transparent at the minute, this is at the minute where right? there's been loads of other things, at the minute I find the time that I'm praying the most is just when I feel it's starting to rise and at that moment I realize I need to deal with this right now. <laughs> I'm watching, but I need to pray about this right now. So what I'm doing at that moment is I'm praying, Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Like when stuff's starting to kick off at home, the kids and as a dad, I don't want to be acting out of anger. I don't want to, as a father, to act out of love. And so I know in that moment, the thing that's going to help me be a better father is that at that moment I can pray, God, would you help me? Would you help me to, to love my children? I love my kids, by the way, right? There's, there's no worry about that. But you know what I mean? It's just sometimes it's the, where the flesh is weak and there's certain things that we would naturally try to do. And it's in that moment, this is the reality of what it means to be a follower as we watch and we pray and those things because, again, sometimes when we're not praying, we just react and then we get into guilt and shame, and then we struggle to deal with it. And then there's bre- You know all the stuff that happens. That's why it's so important that at all times we're watching and we're praying in these things. Two things that I'd written down here. Really important. You know, this isn't is the longest one on this, right? You know that there are certain areas of weakness in your life. Maybe you've never thought about it, so take five seconds to think. What's your main area of weakness? It's good for you to be aware of it. Because if you're not, the devil is. So, what's your main area of weakness? Maybe one or two things or three things. That's okay. But what's your main area of weaknesses? Sorry, should I say? Because this is where you need to watch. It's how do you boundary those areas of weakness? I find that in those areas of weakness, there are things that I just can't even go near. So how do I bind you myself? What are the things that I'm automatically saying no to? Because I know that if I go near it, it's going to be a massive area of weakness and temptation for me. And so I don't want to put myself in that place. So I'm watching in those things. What are your areas of weakness? You've got to be aware of it. And those are the things that you want to be praying and asking God for help for. But on the other side of it, I would say this. Be watchful in the areas that you're strong. Right? What tends to happen is this. Loads of people, it's it's good that we recognize our weaknesses, right? But what tends to happen is that our weaknesses seem to be the thing that we focus on in our walk with Jesus, rather than Jesus. Let me say that again. Our weaknesses seem to be the thing we focus on in our Christian walk rather than Jesus, who's the one that it's all about. And what happens in that moment is, so it becomes in our mind, right, how long has it been since I've done that thing that I really struggle with? And that becomes the measurement of success in terms of how good are we in our walk with Jesus. Yes, anyone else ever done that? That's what it seems to be in our mind. And what happens is that in that moment, because it's almost like, yes, we're, we're, we're really focused and we're asking God's help with us. What happens is we have an enemy, do you remember we said, who's just prowling around like a roaring lion? And he's subtle. And so what he does is that while our focus is on the weakness, he, he blindsides us. And he comes in in this other thing that you never really thought you had a weakness in. And this is what he does. And so, what we need to realise is that this is why more than it just being a focus on weakness, it needs to be a focus in Jesus. And I, I, I cannot stress enough the significance of praying each and every day for a fresh and full under the Holy Spirit in your life. This is why we are watchful in all things, because as we invite more and more of the Holy Spirit into your life, what is produced is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control, which helps me with my weak things and helps me with this thing that the enemy might be trying to blindside me on. It's not me trying to be better. It's something in my own right, my own strength, but I'm just inviting God. Do you understand that? There are certain things that the enemy wants us to take us away from. Temptation is really important. But you know what? The big things, the big things in life are the things that are really obvious, aren't they? So... I would say that most marriages, if if there's a breakdown in marriages, it's not because in one moment someone decided to have an affair or in one moment someone decided to leave. Because the real, if you're being realistic, if you love your wife and you love your husband, at the, at the first sign of an affair, you probably have your defense to substitute away saying no to it. And what happens is that with the big things that the enemy will want to bring our way, that's where we have our spiritual armor, the things that we're trying to guard against. But you know what? The thing that I think we need to be really watchful of is the small, the insignificant things in our lives. This is where relationships break down. This is where you fall out with friends. It's the small things. It's not the big things. It's the small things that over time and over time and over time, suddenly the enemy gets in and gets a hold in our lives. This is what Solomon says in all of his wisdom. He says these words, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. Solomon in his wisdom was saying this. He was was talking about this idea of the little foxes that come in and they destroy. Foxes, I found this one. It's a lovely, cute picture of a fox. Try to find the cutest one possible, right? And uh, because you all thinking, oh, it's not a lovely cute thing, but it's a sly thing, right? A fox is a sly thing, it's a cunning thing, and that's what Solomon's saying. He's saying, you know, to, to get rid of these little foxes that can destroy the foxes, they dig underground, they make burrows to take shelter in. I even read this. What foxes try to do is they even they even lie down and pretend to be dead in order to catch their prey. Right? They're sly. And it's these small things, these small foxes that we need to be careful of in life. The small things in life are the things that actually kill. You're more likely to get killed by a virus than you are by a bus. And a virus is one of the smallest things. This is a science teacher coming out on me. right? So here we go. I think I probably taught this at some stage in level biology. Here's a human hair, 1.7 micrometers. I'm not even going to try and explain what a micrometer is because I've forgotten it. Right, and, uh, so there you see a human hair. Way over on the right-hand side, was just to show it, a virus is 850 times smaller than your hair, the width of your hair, and yet it's the thing that's the most deadly. It's the small things. It's the small things in life. And so this is why I would really encourage you, as you watch and as you pray, here's the thing I would really encourage you to be praying for in your life at the moment is this. Holy Spirit, would you give me eyes to see? Would you give me eyes to see what is going on? Holy Spirit, would you give me eyes to see that in this moment of this relationship, as as Grant and Mayor chatting, and I sense some frustration coming out, rather than it being a negative reaction towards, would you give me eyes to see actually love for him and to see him for who he really is? I love this line that Phil actually uses uh, time and time again, and he said this, you know, sometimes even in the midst of frustrations that you have, he said this to me, he said, Dave, remember, he says, it's not, about, it's not about personalities, it's about principalities and powers. And so even in what sometimes happens is even between some of your best friends or between husbands and wives, is that as these little things get in and try to cause a divide, the enemy gets in and the principalities and powers get at work to try and drive it wider and wider and wider. So this is the longest one on the list, right of watch. Watch out for the attack of the enemy in your life. Watch and pray. Be inviting the Holy Spirit. Be asking Him for eyes to see because Paul was desperate for Timothy to keep on going, to keep pressing into the things of God, to finish the fight, to, to, to stand before God and say, I've given everything, and he just knew that there was a real enemy. These ones are really quick. Be watchful with the company you keep. Here's some verses, right? Really quick verses, so you can copy these down. Uh, One Corinthians fifteen thirty three says this do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good morals. Proverbs thirteen twenty become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Proverbs twenty two twenty four. Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. I love how the message puts up. People who you spend, listen. We don't hide ourselves away from people. We want to be an influence in people. But you ever find that the people you spend the most time with are the people you end up becoming like? You end up talking the same. You say the same things. You laugh the same way. Yes, you ever notice this? Your best friends, you're all in a wee gang together because you all talk the same. That's that's what happens. We rub off on one another. I love this quote. I can't remember who it was. He said this. And I don't have this one on the screen, so if you want this, you can write it down. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. The people that you spend time with are going to be a massive influence in your life. If you want to go far in your walk with God, then, see, this is why the importance of a disciple in relationship would be. So, Ryan, if you were sending me, you want to go far in your walk with Lord, I'd say, right, well, then talk to me. Who are you hanging out with? Who you spend time with, I know you hang out with good mates, all right? So that's why I'm using it as an example. But you know what I mean? It's in that moment. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. People are really important. Watch out in the company you keep. So these are, could be centered, some of the small things. Watch out for greed. Luke 22, Jesus says this. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. i just written this down. Greed destroys your settledness and your contentment in your walk with the Lord. And I feel it's really important in this. If you want to to live the life of a disciple, one of the things that marks it is generosity. But the desire to get nullifies the heart to give. Right? The desire to get, which is what greed is all about, it nullifies the heart to give. So if you want to be a better giver, stop focusing on what you're getting because you'll more naturally flow out of a heart of giving. Anyway, flowing on. Watch your words. Proverbs 21, 23 says this, watch your words and hold your tongue, you'll save yourself a lot of grief. Proverbs 21, 23 says this, those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. That's why James says this in James chapter 1, he says, be be quick to listen and slow to speak. You've you've heard people say this before, you've two of these and you've one of this. So listen more than what you actually are speaking and it'll stop you getting into trouble. Stop you saying some stupid things that it's really hard to take back and destroys relationships. Listen in all those moments. Even when you're frustrated and you really want to go back with an angry word, actually listen to what's actually causing that frustration from that person. And the other thing I would say in this, right, is that, sorry, I'm, I'm rolling here. So if, in the book of James, James says this. If you, it's almost again like we have, do you remember I said those areas of weakness in your life? And uh, you're just, there's stuff you struggle with and you're just trying to be better at. James says this. Listen to these words. Copy this one down. I love this verse. James 3, 2. If we control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Right? You could control yourself in every other way. Here's why. That issue that you struggle with, you probably struggle with it a few times a day. You're speaking all day. <laughs> If your mind is constantly thinking, is what I'm about to say, is it of God? Is it good? Is it true? Is it honoring? If your mind's constantly thinking in that way, you're constantly in the the frame of mind of thinking, God, is this what I'm about to do, even in that area that the enemy's trying to tempt you? And if your mind's constantly thinking, God, am I honoring you in this, then you're going to be less likely to fall into temptation and into sin be careful of what you watch. I've just written this down. The eyes are the gateway of the soul. Matthew 6.22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. Really clear in this one. Guard what you're watching. Guard what you're letting into your heart. Out of the overflow of here, everything everything has its being. So, if I'm being honest, that's why I'm saying do you remember I said the enemy never has any good intentions? That's why I be blunt enough to say and I'm not just looking at the young men and women looking at all of us even with things like porn right that's why it's even just like a oh sure I'll just watch this one no because your eyes are the gateway of the soul and if it gets in there it starts to damage what's in here so whatever comes in here starts to damage what's in here so put up the barriers Put up the barriers and say no to those things. Watch what you watch. And then one of the last ones, watch what you listen to. i written this, obviously you're going to be talking about not listening to bad things. I'm not saying that. Don't believe, what I'm saying This. don't believe every word you hear, even, it's from the, even when it's from the mouth of someone that appears to be good, right? This is where we need the gift of discernment. Paul or Jesus said this in Matthew 7. He says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Not everybody who speaks of Jesus has got it right. You know, I've said that any times I've been speaking here. Any times we're preaching, any of the times your youth leaders are preaching, any of the times there's people that you trust are preaching, it is your responsibility to test it. To guard what you're listening to to test it against the word of God. But even if there's people that you think are meaning good for you, test the things that they're saying. Don't just take everything in and say it's gospel and apply it to your life, right? Because those things can be a stumbling block. And then finally, this is the last one on the watch, and then we're almost done. While you're at it, watch out for each other, right? Watch out for each other. We cannot do this alone. So be watchful in all things, in all these big areas of temptation and in these small areas that can so easily pull us down. Finally, we say, if you're going to be watchful in all things, watch out for your mates. And if you see, your, if you see people in, your, in the family of God that are struggling with something, you maybe sense that there's something that is happening in their life that is just not great for them. The most significant and loving thing you can sit, do is to point it out to them because they might not notice it might not have realized that actually in this moment this is what the enemy is doing, pulling them away. So as a friend, if you love, if we love one another, which is what Jesus has called us to do, then speak the truth in love. If there's something that I'm doing, I would rather that people told me about it. Right? The most significant thing we can do is be honest and open because there's otherwise we're just leaving each other at this place or even worse, we're going to see people falling back and away in their faith. We want all of us to be going after the prize of God that lies ahead of us, don't we? All of us want that, so let's speak the truth in love. Let's be watchful for each other. Final words is just simply this. Paul says this in the final charge. He says, so be watchful in all things. Endure suffering. I just wrote this. Your suffering is significant. We're not downplaying it, but suffering and enduring suffering while holding on to your faith is part of your discipleship. Right, it's the good and the bad. It's all part of your discipleship. The parable of the sower says this, and these are the ones sown in rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and when they've no root in themselves, but endure for a little while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Listen, the thing that I'd written down here was: what are the rocks in your life? What's the condition of your heart? That's why that first one I really wanted to focus on. Is there stuff in your life that just feels like a bit like rocky ground? That's why David, the psalmist, just had to pray prayers like this. Search me, O God. See if there's any wicked way in me. What he was saying was, God, would you search me? And would you point out the rocks in my heart? Because those things are going to stop whatever you're sending me going deep in and causing a change in my heart that when... Tough times come, and I'm going to keep going because I believe in you and I trust in you and keep enduring in these things. Romans 5, verse 3 to 5 says this, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If you're going through a tough time, I mentioned this earlier, hold on. Keep enduring. And what you find is that there's stuff that is produced, produces character, and it produces hope. And listen, that hope that God gives you just never disappoints. Final thing is this, do the work of an evangelist. All I'll say is this, know your Jesus story and tell your Jesus story. And I mean your Jesus story. Don't tell someone else's Jesus story. What is your Jesus story that you have? What has God done in your life? How have you seen God move in your life recently? What are some of the things that you're sensing God's saying? And those are the things that you tell people. There's nothing better than saying, when people are saying, oh, do you believe in that Jesus person? To say, yeah, and this is why I believe in Jesus. Wait to hear what he's done for me. There's nothing better than being able to tell your Jesus story. So this is how you, it's not saying that we all have to be evangelists. This is how we do the work of an evangelist and be witnesses for Jesus. And then finally this, fulfill your ministry. There is stuff that God has placed upon all of your lives. That's what we looked at in the first night. Stirring up the gifts that God has placed within you. Fulfill it. It's your responsibility. Here's, here's the words of Micah for all of us. Patty, do you guys want to come on up? Here's the words of Micah that he says. Oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good. This is what God requires of you. This is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, right? There are specific things that God has for your life, but there's things that God is expecting of each and every one of us. The Great Commission is one of them. You know, we quoted it time and time again, so I'll not say it again, but the Great Commission, we're going to all make disciples, but this is it, Micah 6, this is what he expects of us. The Message Version says this, but he's already made it plain in how to live, what to do, what God is looking for men and women. Listen, this is what it is. It's quite simple. Do what is fair and just to your neighbor. Be compassionate and loyal in your love. And don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. I love that. Don't take yourself too seriously. Take God seriously. How we outwork this is simply these three things. This is what it means for us, living our lives in front of one another. Listen, we need to be watchful because this is how we journey. We need to, when tough times come, we need to stick in. We need to endure it. And as we come through those, we tell our Jesus stories off the back of it. This is what Jesus has done for me in the good and the bad seasons of life. But you know what? As each and every day of it, this is simply how we do it. We just love God more. Spend time just devoting ourselves to him. We love God with all of our heart and our soul and our mind. We love people, so you allow people to come close to you. Even some of the things we've been chatting about on Sunday mornings, where as a people, we are hospitable. We open our own doors. We invite people in. We help one another. We have friends. We allow friends to come close. We invite people to be part of a disciple in relationship. We love people. If you say you love the church and you say you don't like the people in it, you've completely missed the point. The people are the church, right? So let's love the people, and then finally let's love the world. Let's be those who pray for the lost, who have a heart to share the story of Jesus. This is what it means to fulfill our ministry and all that God has for us. And simply, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Firstly, it's this. We love him because he first loved us. Jesus has given us absolutely everything. laid down his life for us. This is what Paul followed. Paul gave up his life, laid down his life for the sake of the kingdom. This is what he was hoping for Timothy. And for us, all of us as part of the church that are just our lives to be given. That's why we're watchful in all things. So we want to give our lives for the sake of the kingdom because of all that God has given. And here's, here's the main final reason just to land with us is because this is the reality. Jesus is coming home really soon. Jesus is coming back. Listen to these words, and this is the final slide, and then the guys are gonna lead us in some worship. Says this, but make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted and taking care of all your day-by-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off, oblivious to God. The night is about over, dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when we first believed. Don't be absorbed in what you think is real life, that you miss out on real life. You miss out in real life with God. You know what, this is where we just say, God, simply our whole lives we just want to give to you. Can we just stand just as we finish this? The guys are going to just lead us just in a song. We have, we've done loads in this series, looked at loads in this series. As a people, we just want to, we just want to simply say again an opportunity just of saying yes to God. Saying yes to Jesus. Saying yes to following him with every bit of our lives. And listen, this is... For everyone in the room, if you are, if you are not saved here tonight, I just, I just want to just, I want to just finish by saying, you're missing out on the best thing that could ever happen to you. You're missing out on the friend who is the best friend you will ever have. People have may have let you down in life is this, this friend that I find called Jesus, he just never disappoints. And God so loved you that he gave his son to die for you. And tonight you need to know it. Tonight you need to make a decision what you do with Jesus. You know, for each and every one of us, though, who, who are already in that walk with God, this is what this whole point of this series has been, has just been, can we press on the more? None of us are saying we've made it. None of us are saying we're already there. We're saying, can we press on the more? How we do that is just fanning the flame, the gift of God. It's inside each of us. We hold on. We continue. We preach the word. We're diligent with the word. We, all these different things. And then tonight, we're just simply saying this. Would you be watchful in all things? In all areas of your life, be watchful. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. And Jesus, this is why we want to do it, because one day we know we're going to stand and we're going to look into your beautiful face. And Jesus, one day we want to be able to say with all that we have, Jesus, you are worth it. You are worth it for laying down every bit of us to receive every bit of you. And so God, right now in these moments, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just speak. I just pray that this is a moment now of us decreasing and you increasing. Why don't you just take one minute just before I just close and the guys lead us. Why don't you just take one minute. Allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to you right now. Just even hold out your hands. Receive him afresh right now in this moment. But just even in this issue of decrease, if there's an area in your life that the Holy Spirit wants to pinpoint where he's saying decrease so that he can increase, allow him to speak right now. Just even in this moment, just allow him to deal with it. Jesus, you're our life song. You're all that we want to live for. And God, I pray for every person in this room. God, I pray that each and every one of us, God, may one day stand before you and hear the well done, good and faithful servant. God, I pray if there's hearts tonight, Lord, that just need to make that decision for you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you let faith arise? Let faith arise in the room tonight, we pray. God, I pray, Lord, for those decisions that need made. God, Lord, things that need set down, things that need boundary, things that need said no to. God, things that just yeah, need a decrease of us. Holy Spirit, would you allow faith to rise for it? Would you allow boldness to rise? And Jesus, the reason why we do this is because you're our prize, you're our goal. You are our teacher. You're our rabbi. You're the one that we follow. And with all of us, we just want to give ourselves for you. You're worthy of it all, Jesus. Worthy of every bit of us. And so, God, even in these moments, just as we we finish, God, and we wrap up the series, we say thank you for speaking, Holy Spirit, but we don't want it just to be resigned to a moment. Holy Spirit, would you continue to speak? And, God, what you have spoken to us, God, may we have the faith and the boldness to put it into action. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of it. And so Jesus, take this worship now that we sing. This is all for you. We lift and high your name. Thank you that you're the one that we build our lives upon. Be glorified with all of our lives, we pray, and all that we do, individually, but together as well. God, thank you we're part of this family. And bless us the rest of this night in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: As for you, be watchful in all things, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. Do you know what the amazing thing about that is? We get to do it together. We're watchful in all things together. We endure suffering together. We fulfill the work of an evangelist together. We fulfill our ministry together. We're the family and we do this together. And so, God, we just we pray tonight that that we would just love each other, God, that we would be encouraging each other as a family, that we would journey in this together as Your church. And I pray that we wouldn't, as Dave was saying, focus on our weaknesses, but we would fix our eyes on You. And each day, we will be asking for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And as that happens, that we would be producing fruit. That we would be have self-control, and that we would be pointing people towards you, Jesus, and that we would go out into our our town as like little mini Jesuses, that we would be doing this together, and that we would see our town changed and transformed, that we would see what was once known as a murder triangle, a place of death, that it would become known as a place of life. As people walk into this place, they'll know that there's something different, and it's because we're living this out together. And so this week, let's go out Loving God, loving people and loving the world. And so God, I pray that you would just fill us now. Holy Spirit, would you fill us now from head to toe that we would go out and that we would do this because there's a shortage of time available because you're coming back. So I thank you, Jesus, for all that you're doing in this place, God, but we don't want to settle for that. We want to press into more. And we can do that together, loving one another, God. So I pray that you would be with us this week. Give us a fresh boldness and a boldness and courage to walk into more of this and what you have for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good, that's, that's us done tonight. But just, just a reminder, as, Dave, as David said uh, at the beginning, that he felt the word for people with something in their ear or in their kidneys if, if that is you don't be afraid to go down to prayer ministry at the back and just lastly a reminder that the after church cafe is on in the foyer so as we finish up could you all just move into the foyer and there's lovely teas